It's time to up your game with Elite Sportsbook with new daily boosts, free bet promotions, exciting parlays, and some of the best odds. Elite Sportsbook is even more than before. You'll stay in control with live in-game betting and early cash-outs. Sign up today, and Elite will give you a bet rebound up to $250 with Iowa's most user-friendly sports betting app. Download our updated app with integrated funding and increased functionality, and play your game with Elite Sportsbook. Must be 21. Gambling a problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Get in early. So we can answer that call so we don't have to leave you on the line. We don't want to have to do that. Last week, I think we had two left. We didn't want to leave you, but they only give us so much time. Yeah. Yeah. Call now. Yeah, call now. All right. So we are Buchanan Service Centers at 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, guaranteed brakes at 49th Avenue and Dodge. So stop in and see us for check engine lights or brakes or whatever you want to see. We do it all. So now available on your... uh, favorite podcast too so if you miss a week don't worry about it yeah just download you your can pod- listen to them all yeah download your podcast get them from way back when maybe you've got a 62 chevy that you need to know what happened way back then yeah we were on the air i don't know if it categorized like that but anyway we're, we're on the we're on the podcast i'm bob sitting next to me is kyle as always we're answering your questions and uh, give you the top few answers and Boy, you know, we're, I had somebody ask me today, how do you know all this stuff? And I said, well, I don't know it all. We just go by we what we know enough about some of it. We, 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 go, <laughs> we, go, we go by the fact that we've been doing it for 30 plus years each, you know? So, and we see a lot of cars, a lot of cars and a lot of every kind of car. So we get a lot of things we see and a lot of things you don't see. But, you know, eventually it makes it down to us. So. Yeah. And we get a lot of strange things too, and a lot of me- mechanics too. But you know, some some only deal with we one. We seem to get a little bit more because I've got a lot of mechanic friends, and I'll tell them, "Oh, how was your day?" Well, <laughs> let me tell you. Like, <laughs> well, some really? deal with just one model, and, and one model is okay. There's nothing wrong with that at all. You you get proficient at that for sure. But when you deal with them all, you get to see a lot of different things, and it's. You, you wonder it really adds to the excitement level of waking up and going to work it does you know it really does because you just like what it's you know and sometimes it gets you down but not too much it's it's more about the i'm going to solve this problem yeah it's the thrill of the hunt it is it is it's just kind of like building a building that car you know building that hot rod it's all about the thrill of the hunt for the part to find what you need to get it and when you got it all done it's kind of a letdown you get yeah. you get to go drive it but now you've been enthralled and you know, two, five, ten years of trying to find all the parts for here and making it work and making it look right, and now you're done. Now what do you do? I just got to go drive it. Yeah, that's, that's all that's left. 
Yeah, and then you go get another project, and that's usually what happens. So Yeah. Well, we're going to head over to Jim. Jim's got a 17 Explorer. Jim, what's going on today? Well, I got a kind of a three-part question. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give them to you real quick. The difference between all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive and replacing tires on a car like that, which which you could have under two- or four-wheel drive, and does that have any effect on how the transmission operates as far as any of those things are concerned? Well, let's start with the, what's the difference between all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive? I was going to tell you yes, no, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you got us on the spot. <laughs> yeah, now you got us on the spot. So, uh, we the difference between all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive is that um, all-wheel drive is all-wheel drive all the time. doesn't matter. It's okay. got a one-speed transfer case, and all the wheels are spinning all the time, which means if you get this car towed, it needs to be off of the ground. You cannot okay. tow it. You know, you can't tow it like that because it'll be a problem. Put it on a flatbed, or it's got to have dollies. On a four-wheel Sounds drive. Sounds like four-wheel drive. Four-wheel's better. Yeah, well, you can, I don't know, I have a Depends truck. Depends on what you need and where you're at. I, yeah, I have a truck that's an all-wheel drive, and I tell you what, it's, uh, I love it. I, I really do. It, um, the front wheels are, are grabbing as well as the back wheels, and when you're on wet pavement, driving the snow, it just goes. There is no spinning oh. around on, on wet pavement, anything like that. But it does take more gas, and it, it does, it's, it's not as good a mileage on it as it could be. Mm-hmm. Your four-wheel drive is you you can switch it over to two high, and you can just run two high, and all everything up front's just kind of laying there, not moving. So your gas mileage gets better, and that's primarily why you why you do it. So you're not spinning everything. So, oh, saves, so four-wheel where, drive is normally driving the rear wheels. Yep, normally. Yeah, and you you just oh, switch it into okay. four high or automatic. Okay. You know, if you have an automatic, you just the automatic kicks in the front when it detects slip. So primarily a, a four-wheel drive unit is only going to run in two most of the time, and then when you kick it into four-wheel drive, then it's all-wheel drive. Okay. Or excuse me, not all-wheel drive, but, you know, four-wheel drive. All right. And what was the other and question? The tires being replaced. Uh, my daughter is my daughter's car, and she had a sidewall uh, puncture, and so she had to buy two tires, and it's it's a, a four-wheel drive. Sure. And the and she said, no, I'm not going to spend another six or $700 for two more tires. So uh, what what problems can that make? Transfer case. You're spending, instead of spending six or $700, you can spend $2,500. So what's, okay. what's going to happen here? So the accepted uh, rule is 330 seconds. Uh, so if you've got brand new tires, that, let's, just, let's just pick a number and say 1130 seconds, okay? Then okay. you, you can go three down from that and still put on two tires and be okay. Okay. If you're trying, if you've got tires that are at four thirty seconds and you're trying to put brand new tires on that are eleven, that's too you're far. You're going to create friction. Yes, you're creating friction. It's too far spread. You need to put four on. So. Okay, what, I think what, you answered a, you so, answered a question that I wasn't going to ask, and that is, could this result in the transmission going out? Not so much the transmission; it's the transfer case. So the okay. the transfer case is where the slip takes place. So when you turn corners, you've got what they call viscous couplers inside the transfer case, and that's what actually will move to allow the the car to turn and not break something. Because if it was locked solid, something's going to break every time. Yep. So so if if there was something wrong, 
uh, would that have caused a transmission to have to be replaced, which costs $6,500 to replace? Well, typically what's going to go bad is either the four-wheel drive unit that's on the rear wheels or it's a transfer case. It's possible that uh, the transmission could take a hit on that because it is really directed. I mean, it's bolted. If your transfer case is binding up, I mean, your transmission is the next thing down the road that's going to take the load. Yep, transfer case is bolted right to the transmission. So, yes, it's going to take the load. Once it's done okay. taking it off the transfer case, it could easily take it right straight to the transmission. So your answer is yes. It's certainly a possibility. How close to sixty five hundred is what you should pay for a, a new transmission or rebuilt transmission on a car like that? Does oh, it, I mean that's right in the ballpark. Pretty, yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, well, just off the top All of right, my head, I'd, I'd say right in the ballpark. You know, and that's good, uh, good enough for me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that I, that's. I, I, I was just surprised it cost that much. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that. I mean, to put four tires on can be six fifty, could be a thousand bucks, but your the ramifications are twenty five hundred or sixty five hundred. Um, right. You're right, and it's you know the other thing is is putting on new tires is way way cheaper than paying the deductible when you crash into something too. Yeah. That's, <laughs> if you look at it that way, you got a thousand dollar deductible. And that's what you're going to pay to get the body work fixed. So why not just put some tires on and avoid yeah. that if you can? All right. Thank you. You bet. Appreciate the call. Hey, it gets confusing, don't it, Kyle? Yeah. 3.30 seconds, 11.30 seconds, where, where all that stuff is going. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Calculators, pieces of paper ruined. <laughs> yeah. Math. You know, and Jeep used to have a big problem with that, with the the, uh, the – Transfer cases going bad, and when you turn corners, it would hop all the way around the corner, and that's how you knew that the, the, oh, the yeah. viscous couplers were that in it were bad. Ford Explorers? Yep. Remember, we used to have to put a chalk line on all the tires and then drive it yep. straight line for 20 feet, and yep. you get one tire that's kind of... That was when they were first new to the market, and nobody quite understood what it was, and now the, all that stuff has gotten way, way better, but the principles are still the same, so you can yeah. still have the same problems, so... Avoid the big bills, and uh, t- tires are expensive, but they're way cheaper than that. So, All right, 558-1110 is the uh, numbers to get in. We'll take a quick break and be back in a minute. Hello, I'm Ted Gasket, and this is your breaking mechanic news for Saturday, July 27th. Electric cars for electric people. Elon Musk is once again leading the way in car technology by announcing his new electric cars that will be able to plug right into a person's brain. Yes, through a simple USB cable, you can plug the car into your head and run it completely with your mind. We actually have live footage of the first human test of this groundbreaking technology. Let's listen in. Okay, I'm plugging the car into my brain now. It sounded like he was having fun. Oh, science. <laughs> I'm Ted Gasket, and this has been your Mechanic News for Saturday, July 27th. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. Good Saturday morning to you. All right, we're going to head back into the calls. Cody's been waiting patiently. 05 Silverado, 2500. Cody, what's going on? Yeah, um, just slight correction. It's a 2008 Silverado 2500, yep. but basically what was happening was we've got a local lawn care landscaping business, and on this last snow removal run, 
Um, we were driving down the road, dashboard lights up saying service four-wheel drive. For a quick second, the speedometer and the RPNs basically maxed out, and then the vehicle rolled to a stop. And whether we were in park, reverse, neutral, drive, or manual mode, the vehicle mechanically was basically stuck in neutral. And then on the little knob shifter that goes from too high, four high, to four low, none of those indicator lights were on, and there was basically no response if we you know, shifted from too high to four high or anything like that and stuff. And so we ended up having to get it towed back to our house and carried out the storm with a different vehicle. But yeah, wasn't sure what was, what caused that or what was going on. Well, that's it. Oh, so you got it towed back. So shutting it off and turning it back on didn't um, do anything like that at all? Did, didn't bring it back to life as it can? Nope. Um, oh, and the engine was running. There was no in- problem with the engine running. But, yeah, we shut it off, turned it back on, checked fuses, and then we also disconnected the battery and you know, basically crossed the positive and negative with the battery off to try and, you know, reset the right. computer. Right. All, all, good, uh, all good first steps. Yeah. Um, so now it doesn't do anything, right? You're just kind of stuck there neutral? Yeah, stuck in neutral. The only thing it does do is when we physically shift it into park, it does make a, you know, a loud grinding noise, basically. Basically, like we're, I don't know, the noise you'd make if you didn't have your clutch pushed in, you were trying to push from sure. one gear to the next. Oh, okay. If, okay, if it was so a manual. That's it a key, sounds like... That's a key piece of information there. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds to me like something gave up in that transfer case and your transmission's still spinning. Yes, that's what it sounds like. So, I mean, on those, I mean. It, you, you either broke something inside the transmission on the output shaft side mm-hmm. or you broke something in the transfer case. That's really what it boils down to. The, 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 okay, one of those two. Yeah. Because your transmission's seeing no load. Yeah, so when you're and trying. And you're putting it in drive and it's just able to spin, you know, whereas the drive line would stop it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to put it in park and you got your parking pole laying on. You know, either your forward drive, planetary, something like that, trying to stop it, and that's what's making your grinding noise. Yeah, your, your transmission's spinning, and you're trying to put it in park, and it's um, it's just, you know, so ratcheting noise. So Something either in your transfer case broke, or the output shaft on the transmission could have broke. I would probably drain the fluid on the transfer case would be the first thing I would do, and yeah. see how many pieces and parts came out of the fluid. That'd be the first thing that I would do that's easy to find out. Drain it through a coffee filter, something like that. Yep. If you start seeing bits and pieces and chunks coming out, you know kind of where you're at. And the only way sometimes to really know for sure is to pull the transfer case on it mm-hmm. and kind of take a look that way. Um, and it, but and once you have it apart, then you can kind of inspect. You know, you can put it in drive, see if everything's kind of moving in, in the gears. But yeah, that's that's kind of where you're going based on what you mentioned. Okay, well, thank you. I appreciate it. And we did check the transmission. So I know you guys were saying the transfer case, but we did check the transmission fluid. No mm-hmm. flakes or any pieces there. So that's why I thought it was on the transfer case side. I just thought it was weird that the, you know, we were seeing basically across the two systems that the transmission wouldn't shift into something. I right. figured if it was a transfer case, it would either not go into two or four wheel or something like that. Right. And you may not see, if you're just pulling the stick check in the fluid, you may not see debris on that stick um the only way to you got to get it down because there's a magnet in the bottom of that pan yeah everything grab everything yep it grabs everything that goes straight to that magnet and they look but a lot of times if you got a major problem it just looks hairy i mean there's just stuff coming all over it so 
one of those two there gets you where you need to go, Cody. Shoot. Okay. Well, thank you for the help. Appreciate you bet. It. Appreciate your call. All right. We're going to head over to Rob. Rob's got an 05 Trailblazer. Rob, what's going on? Yeah, um, it started out with uh, uh, number four cylinder misfire. So I changed the coil on that one. Ran fine for about a day or two. Then it come out to be a random misfire. So I just decided to change all the coils, all the plugs. And cleaned out the throttle body. Ran great, better than when I bought the thing. And then about two, three days later, come got off work, tried or started it, just died. Ran for about ten seconds and died. Okay. So took it in. Uh, they let's see, what did I do to it then? Uh, there was just a light, loose connection on one of the the map sensor. Is all they did to it, and then ran fine for about another day or two. Did the same thing. Started up, dies. And then it shows the code uh, 6068, I think it is. The the map sensor, map sensor, and the throttle body aren't jiving together. It's been throwing that code. I think it's 0068. Okay. So when you when you clean that throttle body, did you just turn did you turn the key on and then put your foot to the floor? Have somebody put the foot to the floor and then you kinda cleaned it out or you just kinda No, I took it off and cleaned it out. Okay. Did you open that throttle at all? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had to to clean it, you know. I, I, I mean, to get everything out of there. I understand. Um, but that's it's all electronic. Isn't it kind yeah, of, it yeah. is electronic, yeah. yeah. You don't want to mess with that. You don't want to mess with that piece. When I clean those, I take the throttle body off the car. Mm-hmm. Then I can get to the back of it. I can use a toothbrush to get in those fine areas. Because Yeah, I did. Yeah, I took it off. Okay. When I cleaned it. Yeah. But you move that throttle bo- that throttle plate manually? Uh yeah, after it was off, yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. A lot of times that can cause issues in there. Yeah, it'll strip gears and, and cause everything to be out of whack. What or, code did you say you were getting? Uh I think it's O O six eight. Where yeah. the map sensor and the throttle body and the map map sensor doesn't jive together. Yeah. Doesn't all court so you got like a crankshaft correlation kind of thing or or throttle body correlation. Yeah. Right, I'm, right, right, right. Right. I'm going to guess you got so an think, issue with the throttle body. Yeah. I mean, so so it won't accelerate, nothing like that? No, it won't. It's like it doesn't get enough gas. Some random or, misfires, maybe. Right, right. I mean, Does I don't have a misfire anymore. It just, but then every now, but then it'll go for a little while, and then I can't start it, and it'll die. And then I took it into a mechanic the other last week, and I had to put it on a trailer to get it there. And when they went to start it, it started right up and ran just fine. Okay. So I went and got it the other day, drove it back home, drove it around town, let's see, last night. Sure. For a while, got it back home, did the same thing. Now, the off the top code. of my head, I can't remember, but you've been under the hood of this car a lot lately from what it sounds like. Is this, yeah. on the map sensor, is this the one that snaps onto the top of the intake, or is this kind of off to the side and has its own vacuum supply hose to it? No, it's on the top of the intake. Okay. So if you pull that map sensor off of there, is there a bunch of sludge and goo on the bottom of that map sensor? No, it's a new one. Okay. New map sensor. Yep. So, yep. I mean, essentially, your map sensor, your throttle body, a handful of other sensors are going to share the same 5-volt reference line. So, I mean, give or take where your map sensor and your throttle body are in that series. Right. I mean, I'm leaning more towards 
an issue inside the throttle body, one of those TPS sensors. And when that code sets, it's going to set it into a limp mode. And that could be why when they when they got to the shop and they uh, manipulated some of that wiring and then they fixed that wiring, everything found was mm -hmm. running great, then you didn't have an issue until now. So, yeah, you're right. I think you got to check a 5-volt reference because yep. you're, you're having various, you're probably having three, four, maybe even more sensors involved oh, yeah, in that, I mean, you know. Essentially, they could all yeah. be in series. Mm-hmm. So you think it's so you think it it's gonna need a new throttle body or possibly I'm huh. not gonna rule that out yet but that, I want to really look at that connector good maybe get some dielectric uh -huh. grease in there some kind of connection inhibitor kind of make sure you got a very good connection on those mm -hmm. check do a visual and checking of kind of that <laughs> wire make sure nothing's rubbed through and yeah check all the the pins check for green connectors uh, these aren't corrosion. a very big wire don't go stabbing it with a multimeter or anything like right, that because a lot right. of times you'll end up breaking them so all, yeah. so your throttle body is a secondary deal and uh the, a secondary deal maybe that was caused by you um you just do not want to take your finger and open those throttle bodies by hand you just don't mm -hmm. it either needs to be left on the car have the key turned on somebody put their foot to the floor then you clean it all out with a toothbrush or you take I it see. off but you don't manipulate that because that is an electronic motor in there. So when, Okay, well, then I might have screwed it up then. When that, that electronic motor and the computer are both set at zero, and then you take it off there and push it back, does it come back to zero or does it come back to five? Or does it well, come back to... Well, I don't to, know. I did, well, you, you yeah, I'm not sure. You won't know that. Or did it come back to right. negative five? And that's why the car... So it doesn't run because it doesn't have enough air. So the throttle body has a... A minimum airflow, and it's designed to have a minimum airflow, and it, that's what gets gunked up, and that's why your RPM goes from a thousand down to maybe eight hundred or lower because it it doesn't have that metered orifice to leak. So right, that goes for and any there's car. no way to reset that then either, is there? Oh, you can try that. Yeah, you just have to have a scanner to go through and, and kind of reset it, but mm. it's just kind of a. Whatever happens when you manually manipulate those, I've never been able to no. relearn around it. I I don't know exactly what happens when it happens. Yeah. But I know that every huh. time I end up throwing a throttle body at it, and that's what fixes it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those well, things. I might try that. Sure. I might try that then. I think you're going to have to and check your wiring yeah. and make sure you don't have any other issues. So. Yeah, because that's the only I can't think of anything else that it could possibly be besides sure. a short somewhere or something. Yeah, you know, there's plenty of them in salvage. Well, if you had a short, you'd be getting a lot of different codes. Yes. Yeah, you wouldn't okay. be getting these specific codes. You would be getting circuit codes. You would be getting a handful of others. They're not really right. very, very common. The throttle bodies are not really common on that particular car. Not terribly, but we have done them. Yep, we've done them for sure. Yeah, maybe there's one in the salvage yard that maybe saves you a little bit of money you can try without spending Yeah, I think I can locate one. So yeah. yeah, try that. I'll try it. See what happens. You bet. Let us know. All right. If you need some more help, All right, thank yeah, you. give us a call. You Appreciate bet. the call, Rob. All right. All right. Yeah, those are those are one of those things you just don't do, you know? Yeah. Got extra toothbrushes, get them, clean them out, because they, they, they do get gummed up over a period of time, no matter how Every good Every one of them. Yeah, no matter how, how good your air filter is, they still get gummed up. All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're going to take a quick break and be back in a minute. Okay, we are back with the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're going to head over to Bob. Bob's got a 14 Traverse. 
Bob, what's going on today? Uh, hi. Um, well, the front end of my car rocks from side to side. And so I noticed the tire had some uh, losing some air, so I took it in, and they found a nail in it. So they fixed it, and I asked them if that was going to stop it from rocking side to side, and they said it would. It did it for a little bit, and now it started again. And my uh, service engine light came on. It dinged, and it said traction control off. Mm-hmm. And though a few minutes later, it dinged again, and then it said traction control light on, or traction control on. And, and then it, it went off. And then this morning when I started uh, started the car up, the light's back on, but there's no message. And I didn't know whether that's the problem that's making the car uh, rock in the front or if it's two separate things or or what. I don't know. It sounds like, yeah, possibly one, but it sounds like two. So let's go back to the rocking in front. So are you just what, when you go around corners, you're feeling that? Or is it just you're pushing it from side to side? or No, just as you drive down the road it just like wobbles slightly from side to side okay all right so i would guess a bad tire yeah, something like that yeah that that's kind of what i'm guessing slip belt and a tire yep and th- does it feel like the front end or the steering wheel is just doing this or does it feel like it's a whole car like in, you can feel it in the seat of your pants well you can feel it as you're driving the car i i can't but you know my my friend she always tells me she goes this thing's really bad rocking and, but I don't feel it in the steering wheel. Okay. Well, and then sounds so, like it's in the rear. Then. Yeah. So rocking is kind of what threw us off a little bit. So uh, wobbling is kind of what it is. So you've got a, you've more than likely got an out around tire, and I would probably say you got it in the rear, and that's the reason I asked because the whole when the tire's bad in the back, it'll shake the whole car, or it'll shake the the passenger side seat real well when you get it up to speed. Usually a tire that's in bad in the front will start having the steering wheel move back and forth or the front end kind of moving back and forth. So mm-hmm. that's the first place that I would take a look. Can that affect your traction control? Well, if the tire is, if it's shaking around, it, it's, it's, it goes through. It's probably an, an inactive system, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, What's that, it would have to be pretty bad, I mean, yeah. because you're talking about increasing or decreasing wheel speed on one side. Right. And that's what's kicking off the check I mean, in, the the check engine under traction control. It could, yeah. I'm not saying that that's exactly the problem, but I think you've it got, would have to be pretty bad. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you've got two different problems there, but if that one tire is really bad, I bet you you might just have one. So check the tires. That would be the first place. Have the tires checked and then check the suspension along with it. And then if there are – you might also check the codes that are in it too because if it's got a traction control problem – more than likely, you might I'm have guessing a, because your check engine light came on, you said that that yeah. traction control could be a byproduct of that. It's going to yep. shut it off when it sees any emissions or drivability-related issue with the engine. Yep, correct. Check those codes, too, to see what's there. So that, that will tell you whether... Check your tires, get a scan on everything. Yeah. be good. Yeah. Okay. That's where you're going. Appreciate the call, Bob. All right. We're going to head over to Dennis. Dennis has got an 06 Silverado. Dennis, what's going on today? Okay, with my 06 uh, Silverado, I've got uh, from time to time the uh, check uh, or service four-wheel drive display comes on. And, you know, you hit the odometer button and it disappears for a day or two and then, uh, you know, reappears. 
Okay. There's it, a code in there. There's a code in there. Any kind of drivability problems beyond that light? No, no. It, it runs fine. It's got 259000 on it, but it runs great. Sure. Yeah, and you, so you've got um, you got a sensor on each wheel. You got a sensor on each wheel. You got an encoder motor. You got a lot of different things going on. Transfer Potential control module. Yeah. So I'd have the codes pulled, and you know you're probably going to have to get a little better scanner other than just the. You're going to have to get something a little deeper. Not a code reader. Not a code reader because a code reader is just going to give you PO codes for the most part, maybe P codes, and that's it. But you're looking for C codes. You're looking for C, yeah, C or U. You communication codes, but more than likely C. I know that didn't mean anything, but what that means is that you're going to have to have a little better scanner than just a basic. Mm-hmm. If you go to a, right. if you go to O'Reilly's and say plug this in, they're not going to see anything. Yeah, yeah, that's what that means. Okay, well that's easy enough. Yeah, you got to start there because there's there's too many. You know, there's five or six different possibilities, and instead of looking for all that stuff, it's better off looking for the code and, and just narrow your search down to one spot. But you can certainly, oh, you can okay. certainly go do in some visual inspections to see if there's anything that's causing a problem. Sure. Yeah. A lot of times. Uh, Climb you know, under there, look at all your wiring. That wiring from the transfer case goes right over the frame. Mice like to stand there and eat it. Yep. Yeah, I, I took that. I took that off and uh, cleaned it. Cleaned it up, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. then it, it didn't come on for all well, four or five days, and then it reappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, get a scan on it. Let us know. Yeah, it's it's tough to be able to to point you any further direction without kind of knowing uh, what what codes might be in it. That's just sure. Yeah, yeah. Try that, Dennis. And if you got any other questions, okay. please give us a call. We'll, we're more than happy to try to help. All right. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, guys. You bet. Appreciate the call. All right. Uh, yeah. You just sometimes you gotta you got so many possibilities that you just gotta have a code. Yeah. And it's uh, there's so many things. I mean, boy, when we scan a car sometimes, and, and especially European cars, you can they can be running great, and the customer can say they have no issues, and you do you a, get a laundry list of things. You're like, <laughs> well, let me tell you something about your car you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you get a get a Rover or get a uh, BMW, and you got you got 37 codes in it, and they didn't complain about a thing. Gosh, <laughs> save me, save me. <laughs> All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're going to be back in a minute. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. Well, getting close to the end of another hour, Kyle. Bunch of calls. Fix fix the majority of them. So uh, we're, we're going to head over to Franklin. Franklin's got a Porsche Cayenne. Good morning. Good morning. Um, 2008 Porsche Cayenne Turbo, and I need to change the starter, I believe. Oh, God. Um, they're, they're Bosch starters. Seems like a problem that a lot of people have. Uh-huh. What exactly goes wrong with them, you suppose, after uh, you drive it, uh, you know, a couple, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, like stop for gas, try to start it again, and it, it just click. And uh, until it cools off, it's like it's heat soaked. Sure. Right. Until it cools off, it won't won't uh, turn over. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. Those brushes it... get hot, and then they don't want to work. Yeah, it's no different than an alternator where it's just got a bunch of windings in it, and um, they pull apart. You 
connection is lost won't start. It goes back together and everything works. You know, it's it's really no different than any other kind of uh, electrical item. I, I, I kind of equate it to dropping a cell phone call. You know, you're going and all of a sudden, boom, it drops, and then it comes right back. It's, well, it's just electronics or waves and... But now it's just part of what it does, and and every every starter does it at some point. Some are oh, worse. Yeah. Than, some are worse than others. Yeah, it's up on top of the engine, so it gets hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no, I can't. There used to be places that would rebuild starters and alternators, but I just, I don't oh. know if there's any places anymore. There's one, to do that. and he only does classic stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and you're this is a and some of that stuff doesn't re- get really rebuilt like that either. No, not anymore. Because it's all permanent magnet starters, which means that it's just part of the unit itself. You can't bolt them in and bolt them out like on that other units you're talking about. One time use only. Yep, yep, they are. And I suggest as bad as as bad a spot as it's in. Get a uh, good one. Yeah, a really good one. A really good one. Do not, do not even uh, entertain the. Uh, how much does that cost? Or you know, the cheapest one. Don't go one. on Rock Auto and get the fifteen dollar one. No, no, because I'm you sure there's one available. I already got them. They're over four hundred dollars. I yep. got one for. Yep. You only want to do that. Re- yeah, you only don't want to do that repair once. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. You bet. You bet. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they ran out of room. There's a lot of places that ran out of room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toyota ran out of room, and they put it down the you know, the middle of the intake. Even Jeep, I mean. Jeep did it. Cadillac do it. Jeep did didn't it. run out of room, though. That one I did last <laughs> weekend, you saw what it took. It's seven hours of work for a guy that, you know, I think I know a little bit about what I'm doing. but And then I look at the other side of the engine. Nothing. Nothing there. Yeah, they, they should like, put this thing on here. I mean, mount it backwards and put it on the bell housing. And that all, it, <laughs> it, it probably wouldn't be that big a job if you didn't have the four wheel drive in it. No, I mean, it, uh, it, a, a little bit tougher, but yeah. a little bit less tough, I should say. But there, you, there's just a lot of. If you're I could right. get a hand in, you know, a couple different areas, it would have really, you know, helped. You can't even see it to start with. No, you know where it's at because the wires are going down there, but you can't even peek you through the frame. That audible click you're hearing. And- yeah. That gets you in the area, and then you start taking things off. And, yeah, that was you know. uh, somebody was uh, on vacation when that engineered piece of equipment got signed off on. That's for sure. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, we're going to head over to Greg real quick. Greg's got a 12 Subaru. Greg, what's going on? Hey, guys. I got a, need a catalytic converter replaced, and I guess my question is on brands. Do you have experience with one that might work better than the other, or – from my online research, <laughs> so some can be iffy. Yeah. Yep. The cheaper they are, the worse they're going to fit. Yeah, the worse gotcha. they're going to, yeah. The worse they're going to fit is a big problem. But the, the the other problem is is that they they don't have the they don't have the catalyst that yeah most of them do. I mean, they don't have the they internal have a standard. I'm sure that they have to meet, but and and some just barely meet that standards and some yeah. exceed it. So. Uh, you know, boy, on the Subarus, I mean, we have, I have, I have gone several times. We've done rebuilds, or not rebuilds, but remanufactured ones or the new ones from a from a different source, and we've had to go back to Subaru mm-hmm. and get them because the check engine light would come on on a, on a decent one that was a PO420 that says the catalyst deficiency is low. So, And any time that you do these on a Subaru, always do both oxygen sensors. I was going to have to replace those Subaru two on it. Subaru recommends replacing those anytime you put a new cat in. Something you're, okay. 
something obviously you're keeping for a while? Uh, yeah, just got it. Just got it. You sure. know. Yep. So I thought, uh, you know, I'm looking at online at the stores and there's a Walker brand and a Magnaflow. And mm-hmm. what I read online said, go with Subaru brand, which sure. obviously is uh, three times as much probably. It is. Yeah. You know, that's honestly where I'm leaning. That's where I would yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, Walker's a good aftermarket for yep. exhaust. I mean, Magnaflow, when I hear that name, I'm thinking performance exhaust and don't go that way. Okay. Um, you know, when somebody makes it for Subaru, sure. Subaru's not making it themselves. Sure. So it, you could be going to Subaru and buying a Walker. Yeah. You know, you, <laughs> your, your, ga- your belts, for the most part, are gates. You know, that's what you, yeah. so a lot of that stuff is, uh, is that's what makes it on there, but they just don't tell you. So I don't know. You only really want to do it once. And I, the fitment is way better. You don't have to mess with it. I, I'm still, I think we're both agreeing. I, I would go over to the Subaru. You'd, you're going to pay more, but it's going to be exact. going to save you. Go all. right on, and there you go. Yep, exactly, exactly, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And then replace the you say both sensors. The yeah, the, not each side. It's it's the six cylinder, so don't do bank one and bank two, but do the uh, what are they called? fuel air sensor and then the oxygen sensor. Yeah, you're talking about both upstreams, Kyle. Um, on the six cylinder, I don't. Does it still? Because I know the four cylinders only have two for both banks. Yeah, this one's got four. four. It's got two catalytic converters and. Okay, so you're doing one side. So do the ones that are monitoring on that you. side. Yeah, that cat. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. You bet. You bet. Sorry to tell you that. <laughs> Not problem. <laughs> All right. Appreciate the call, Greg. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to go back to, you know, what it is. Um, you know, we used to have that problem back with General Motors. There we had oh, certain sure. cars that didn't matter how many catalytic converters you put on it, um, it was always going to come back with the same code. And until you went and got a GM cat, um, that problem went away. Yeah. You know, and that was just part of what, what it is. And, yeah, you're right. I suppose that they're not putting as much of the precious metals that a cat has in order to make all that happen. And that's where they're saving the money. I would bet, yeah. 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 There's something different in there. Yeah, most most certainly. You know, Kyle, we forgot to mention, we got to mention this too, that they got the auto show going on this weekend. Never been to that. Haven't you? Uh-uh. They got cars there. No kidding. Mm-hmm. You can get in and out of them. You try can, the car on. Try the car on. Absolutely. You do want to get there early before all the kids show up. Kids. Yeah. The kids you don't know what kind of car you're getting into. Well, yeah, yeah. Let Probably. my kids destroy this thing. I want to see how this carpet vacuums. <laughs> <laughs> then wash your hands before you leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't catch nothing. Anyway, it's a great place to go look at a bunch of cars and get in and out of them and find out what you want or don't want. Or, you know, some people don't care. Other people are picky. But there you go. Fun to go look. All right. It's another hour on it in the books. See you next week. You bet. You won't. I will. That's right. I will. You got me to deal with. (laughs) See you then.
It's time to up your game with Elite Sportsbook with new daily boosts, free bet promotions, exciting parlays, and some of the best odds. Elite Sportsbook is even more than before. You'll stay in control with live in-game betting and early cash outs. Sign up today and Elite will give you a bet rebound up to $250 with Iowa's most user-friendly sports betting app. Download our updated app with integrated funding and increased functionality and play your game with Elite Sportsbook. Must be 21. Gambling a problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.